You're listening to teaching from the Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. After World War II, Japan's economy was devastated. There was a little textile company that decided to become an automobile manufacturer. And they were on the verge of bankruptcy. In fact, their debt was eight times their capital value. Many didn't think that they were going to to make it. Uh, Many thought for sure they would close their doors. But yet, over 70 years later, they're now worth over 30 trillion yen. Now, how did they make this comeback? How did they eventually become profitable? Well, first of all, you might have heard of this company. Some of you probably drive their vehicles. It's this company called Toyota. And what Toyota did was that they ended up making small little changes, small little changes that improved their process. And some call it the Toyota way, others call it Kaizen, especially the Japanese, and it's making these small little changes to ensure continuous improvement. E.G. Toyota decided to take a tour of some of the automobile plants in the United States. And, and he and some engineers spent about 12 weeks over here studying and, and trying to figure out how they were losing the battle with making cars. They were only making 900 cars a month. That was about one-tenth of what Ford was making. And, and, and their engineers began to study and they began to take notes and And they came over here, and they were actually shocked. They they said, you know what? There's a lot of inefficiencies even in the plants here. Maybe if we just go back and we make some small changes, if we become just a little bit more efficient in the way that we produce our cars, our vehicles, maybe, just maybe, we can catch up. And sure enough, that's what they did. They began making little small changes, And now we know that Toyota can keep up with the big boys, with Ford and GM and and everyone else. It's a story of how small things can make a big difference. If you're new here, welcome home. Uh, we, We like to say that we're family here, and we've been in a series called Healthy Habits. And in week one, we talked about we are what we repeatedly do. Our habits matter. The things that we do matter. And we talked about we need to think about the who before the do. We need to figure out who we want to become and then develop habits, develop a system to help us become that. And in week one, we were talking about kingdom habits. And I challenge you to be a prayer warrior to develop that habit of prayer. In week two, we talked about personal healthy habits. And I told you, if you don't take the Sabbath, the Sabbath will take you. That God rested, that God unplugged, that he ceased from creating, and that he created us for this need to rest. And if you don't do it, you're probably going to hit a wall at some point in time. 
And then last week we talked about church or healthy church habits. We looked at Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost and we saw how the early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to prayer, to breaking of bread, and to fellowship. And we talked about that need that we, we want to have in our church. We want to have this habit of fellowship, of building relationships, that, that we need, that God created us for community. And today we're going to talk about some healthy family habits. Small things make a big difference. I was reading this book by James Clear uh, called Atomic Habits. And he talks about this principle of how small things, small decisions, small habits make a big difference. You're going to see this quote up on screen. It's quite lengthy, so give me some time to read it. But it says, habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. The same way that money multiplies through compound interest, the effects of your habits multiply as you repeat them. They seem to make little difference on any given day, yet the impact they deliver over the months and years can be enormous. It is only when looking back two, five, or perhaps ten years later that the value of good habits and the cost of bad ones becomes strikingly apparent. When we watch people make small choices like order a salad at lunch instead of a burger, the difference of a few hundred calories doesn't seem to matter much. In the moment, that's true. These small decisions don't, don't matter at all that much. However, as the days turn into weeks and weeks to months and months to years, those tiny repeatable choices compound. Consider another example. Saving a little money right now won't make you a millionaire tomorrow. But starting to save today makes it more likely you will become a millionaire in the future. Small things make a big difference. Ten minutes a day of reading God's Word could change your life. As you're dealing with different issues, maybe in your marriage, maybe in your job, maybe you're dealing with some anxiety, some stress, some addiction, 10 minutes a day, God's Word could inspire you, could encourage you. But I know some of you right now, you're saying, you know, isn't that why I come to church? I come to church to read God's Word and and, and, and that's really up to the ministers to kind of teach me and teach my kids and teach my family. And, and I'd say, hey, you know, we love studying God's Word here. We love studying at 9 o'clock at our Bible study hour. We love studying it here at 10 o'clock. And pretty soon we're going to be kicking off our Sunday night classes. We have Awanas for Children and Connect for Teens, and we're going to have adult classes. We love studying God's Word then. We, we love studying it in our life group. But if you just come... One hour. There's still 167 other hours in the week. That's not a lot of time in God's Word. And, and so what I would encourage you is, hey, we love to study as a church family, but it's also important for us to study God's Word personally and as a family period. Now, some of you are going to say, well, Ronnie, I don't know if I really want to study it with my family because they may ask me a question that I don't know. Let me give you the response. Hey, that's a great question. I'm going to research and I'm going to get back to you on that. And you're going to go and you're going to research it and you may go ask someone that's a little bit further in their walk with God. You may call, you may text message, you may email one of the ministers, one of the elders, one of the teachers, someone. And we may 
Say, we don't know either, but we will get back to you, depending on the question. But we're going to work on it. And it's okay not to know all the answers. In fact, the more that you study God's word, the more questions you're going to have. I was in our nine o'clock Bible study today, and we finished up Job, and, and we came back, and we have a lot more questions about Job than we began with. I mean, I mean that, that happens the more that you study God's word. Now, some of you may say, well, you know, I don't have a lot of time. I don't have a lot of time. Now, I want to be nice to you, but I'm going to take off the gloves, okay? We have time to do the things that are a priority in our life. You eat, right? That's a priority. You probably have time for your hobbies, or most of you have time for your hobbies. You can watch the football game or play golf or do whatever you enjoy doing. We make time for the things that are most important. And what I'm encouraging you is spend at least 10 minutes, at least 10 minutes. You can spend more, but start off with 10 minutes, 10 minutes a day, and watch what happens. Now, some of you are going to say, well, you know, my kids, they're not interested in studying God's Word, or my spouse isn't interested in studying God's Word. I have a question for you. Have you asked them? Have you said, hey, could we study God's Word together? And, and, and then you say, well, what would you like to study about? If, if you go to Uversion, and, and you can see this up, up there, if you download this little app, and there's all kinds of things. You say, hey, why don't you pick a study for us, and we'll go through it together. Uh, that's Julie and I take turns. She'll pick a study, and then I'll pick a study. My kids, we take turns that way. One of the recent studies that Elijah and I went through, it's called a guy's guide to four battles every young man must face. And we just went through one of these like every week. And we just got to uh, dig in to God's word. Actually, we read through Psalm 119 when we're going through this. And it just really encouraged us. It really helped us. And so I know that many of you right now, like Satan has a great way of helping us make excuses for not reading God's word. I mean, there'll be 5,000 little excuses like, hey, I don't have time. I can't do this. I don't know. Satan's going to make, have you come up with excuses because he doesn't want you growing closer to God. He doesn't want you to do this. And what I'm encouraging you, as a family, we want to study God's Word together. Now, now as I was thinking about healthy habits and, and what that means, I, I, I wanted to think, well, man, how do we develop those? And I ran across this, this little chart. It's called the Habit Loop. And some of you probably seen it before. Uh, but it's the habit loop basically has three key things that when we're developing habits, it, it engages these three areas. There's a trigger, there's an action, and there's a reward. There's a trigger, there's an action, and a reward. If I walk into a dark room, that's my trigger that, hey, I want to be able to see, so I'm going to flip on the light switch that's my action. I flip on the light switch. That's my action. My reward is I can see so I don't fall over. Maybe this is a habit that you have. You wake up in the morning, you're a little groggy. That's your trigger. You go and you grab a cup of coffee. That's your action or your caffeine, whatever that is. Maybe it's Dr. Pepper or Mountain Dew or whatever else that you drink. That's your action. Your reward, you feel a little bit more alert. For some of you, maybe that habit is you wake up, 
and you go into the restroom, and man, you got that bad taste, that bad breath in your, in your mouth, and you're like, oh man, now that's your trigger, and you pick up that, that uh, toothbrush, you put that toothpaste on, you scrub, and you're like, man, Oh, man, this feels incredible, that reward of having a nice, fresh mouth. And like when I come to church, people aren't gagging when I talk to them. And so, I mean, I, I like that healthy habit for us in general. I mean, that's, that's good stuff. Now, when I think about, when I think about it spiritually, uh, maybe for some of us, maybe our triggers, we set our, a reminder on our phones. Hey, at 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. or at night, reminder, read God's word. That's my trigger. And then I read God's word. And, and then my reward is, man, I get convicted. I get inspired. I, I become a little bit more like Christ. Uh, when, I do, when I read God's word with my uh, kids and in my marriage, uh, we become a little bit more closer spiritually. It, it, it's pretty amazing to, to watch. But, but I just want you to think about those habits that you have in your life. There's a trigger. There's an action. There's a reward. Now, today, Monica said that we're going to be looking at Psalm 119. Uh, it's the longest chapter uh, in the Bible. It's pretty incredible. It's a, uh, Psalms is a poetic book, uh, over 1,064 words in Hebrew, 176 verses, 22 stanzas, one stanza for every letter of the Hebrew alphabet, eight verses in each stanza. And as I was looking at Psalm 119, the theme is God's Word. What is, it? what is it? What's it like? What does it do? How should we respond to it? And, and, and as I was reading through, I was like, man, this is like Thanksgiving. There is just so much good food here. I mean, you got turkey and you got ham and you got you got mashed potatoes and gravy and corn casserole. And I mean, you, you name it, you got hot rolls. I mean, there's just so much good. And, and, and how can I narrow this down this morning? Because, I mean, we could spend the rest of the day, probably into tomorrow, just reading Psalm 119 and discussing it. But, but I wanted to kind of narrow it down to, to one thing, one, one basic thought. God's word gives us direction. God's word gives us direction. And, and I just pulled out several different verses that really spoke to me. Verse 14, you are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. And some of you this morning, you need some hope, right? It's been a discouraging week, maybe a discouraging month, maybe a discouraging year. And God's word has a way of reminding you that, hey, this, this earth is temporary. And that God is our refuge. He's our shield. That He literally puts just a shield around us. That, that he helps us in those tough times. Verse 59. I pondered the direction of my life. And I turned to follow your laws. I, I decided I was going to go follow your way, God. My, my way, uh, man, it, there's a lot of ups and downs. But when I follow your direction, God, it's so much better. Let's keep on reading. Verse 93. I'll never forget your commandments, for by them you give me life. Well, we know that when we follow God's word, we know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. He forgave our sins. He arose again so that we could have eternal life, that he extended grace and mercy. And, and God's word is basically his love letter to us, 
telling us that we can be redeemed, that we can have life. Verse 133, guide my steps by your word so I will not be overcome by evil. God's word helps us as we deal with temptation, as we deal with addiction, as we deal with all of the things that we deal with in life. And then one of my favorite verses is going to come up right here, and Monica read it. God's word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Don't you just love that? Don't you just love that? God's word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Would you guys turn off the lights for me? Just let's turn them all off. Even these up here. We don't even want to see my ugly mug, okay? <laughs> so much of life is darkness, right? Satan is alive and well. And, and, and there's so much darkness, and, and if I didn't have this backlight, I could try to come and I could try to walk. And until my eyes got adjusted, what would end up happening, especially if someone put a chair out here and out of this normal way that I walk, uh, I would trip, I would stumble, I'd fall flat on my face, and, and I might say an, a non-glorious word, and, 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 and that's what happens in darkness. Now let's turn on the light. It, it says God's Word gives us light. How many of us need some light in our life? So how many of us need some encouragement in our life? Maybe we need some light in our marriage. Like we're going through some difficult situations. We're not on the same page. We're in some different seasons, and, and it's tough. And God's Word says, I will give you light. I will give you guidance. In parenting, we definitely need light, don't we? Whether you have small kids or if you have teenagers, let me say, especially if you have teenagers, you need God's light. You need his guidance. If you have adult children, you're still a parent and you still need that guidance. You still need that light. Some of you this morning, you, you, you have a difficult work situation. You got employees or you got coworkers, and they're on your last nerve and, and they're complainers and they're negative people and they're gossips and you're trying to figure out how you navigate through it. And you need light. You need God's word to inspire you, to encourage you, to keep on going. Some of you, you're dealing with some health issues. Pretty discouraging. You're kind of at the end of your rope. And God's word will give you the courage to keep on going. Some of you, you've hit some uncertain times. Life is always changing, isn't it? And you don't like change and you're holding on, but sometimes life changes and you're like, oh, man, I don't know what to do. And, and you turn to God's word because it gives us light. It gives us guidance. Some of you are grieving. Some of you have, went, you have a loved one that's, that's dying or has just passed away and, and you're struggling. Some of you are isolated and you feel lonely. Some of you are dealing with addiction, with temptation. Some of you are hurting this morning. And what I want to encourage you is God's word gives us light. It's pretty interesting in the book of John, John chapter 8, Jesus says he is the light of the world. And the light of the world gave us the light of his word to encourage us and to help us. And so I can encourage you all day long. 
But what it comes down to is you've got to make a decision. Well, I invest 10 minutes a day, at least 10 minutes a day, to read God's Word. I want to give you some challenges this week, uh, some action steps, some next steps. First of all, I want to encourage you to read Psalm 119 this week and discuss it with your family and friends. Yes, I know it's 176 verses. It's long. But if I did my preacher math right, that's about 25 verses each day. And so just break it down, 25 verses, read it, and discuss it with your family and your friends and say, man, this verse right here is really powerful. This one really convicts me. This, I mean, highlight it, circle it, think about it. Psalm 119.18, I'm going to ask that you pray this, and we're going to repeat it in just a second. But pray this prayer. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truth in your instructions. God, show me what I can learn from this verse. And so would you repeat that with me? Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. And then lastly, I'm going to ask that you memorize at least one verse this week. Maybe this one. This is one of my favorites. This, I, I memorized it from the NIV when I was growing up. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When we have God's word in our heart, man, it helps us deal with temptation. It helps us become closer to Christ. And so I'm going to encourage you to do those things. See, small things make a big difference.